0: this for a second you're you're on the phone and the conversation's getting pretty intense and you know you know they're going to ask you for something and finally they do finally they say can you come please please I need you can can you come And, and and you say trying to set up healthy boundaries for yourself I'm I'm sorry I just can't come right now I just, I just can't come right now. And the voice on the other end of the phone says, "But, but, but you said you didn't have any plans this weekend." And you pause, and you, you take a deep breath, <laughs> and you pause on that knife edge between emotional exhaustion and nagging guilt. And, and finally, you say, "I'm sorry. I really." I really just need a bit of time for myself. I really feel like I need to focus on self care right now. I have a hunch that you've had that phone call and that, you know, that tussle between nagging guilt and emotional exhaustion. And then you hear those words. Okay. All right. I get the message. And you can hear behind their voice, even, that tone where they've realized that it's, it's not that you can't come, but that you've decided not to come. And that nagging guilt wins again. I have a hunch you've had that call and I get it. I get the boundary setting and the self-care emphasizing, this is why books and podcasts and YouTube channels are devoted to it, right? To self-care in an overload supply. Five practices for the healthy self and seven goals for putting your needs first and nine basic human needs that are not being fulfilled. I have a hunch, like me, you've had that call and you have to say no, even if You have nothing to do this weekend, because somehow along the way, being a Christian has started to seem like it means permanently open to emotional exhaustion and physical burnout and psychological manipulation and relentless guilt. Prepared to go to any lengths, in fact, to avoid ever being called selfish. Somewhere along the way we went way too far with this Christian giving of self thing and we completely neglected this taking care of self thing and so yes I've had I've had that call and I've said no when I could have said yes or I've just ghosted. I never picked up the phone or I acted like I didn't see that text or didn't see that email when I could have responded because I'm tired of of not putting me first. Last week I stumbled upon this article in The Atlantic, this one here, that seemed to get at this very thing. The author begins the article by saying that basically we are all in this space, all asking ourselves in this edge of pandemic, post-pandemic life, so where do we go from here? And he says that if years could be assigned a dominant feeling, 2021's would be exhaustion. (laughs) And, And with this slog, there has been this question, so where do we go from here? And almost at every turn, it seems that the one answer that makes sense is this renewed focus on mental health. During the pandemic, universities have poured money into psychological resources and corporations have hired chief health officers and invested in wellness services. In 2020, the mindfulness app headspace saw a a 500% increase in corporate subscription requests and this worldwide conversation has grown around self-care, anything pursued for the sake of one's own wellness, including practicing goat yoga and binge-watching Ted Lasso and just your old-fashioned napping. And yeah, of course, self-care has been popular for decades. It's not new, but during the pandemic, it has has gained this new cachet. Google searches for the term more than doubled from March to April 2020. Countless organizations, including mine, the United Methodist Church, have implemented COVID days, time off meant for employees to center around their own needs. People are asking, where do we go from here? And and the answer seems to be in every direction, self-care. We just need to take care of ourselves in this stage where no one is really okay right now, right? Even the ones who think they are. It was about 200 years ago that a French philosopher coined the term altruism. Altruism meaning living a a life for others. And since then, people have assumed that altruism is, is what Christianity is really about. Altruism assumes that in order to love others more, you need to love yourself less. It takes love to be this zero-sum game where if you, if you give in one place, you have to take away in some, some other place. What a grim view of the world in which someone always has to suffer, always has to give of themselves, always has to go the extra length, and love means that that someone should be you. No no wonder we cling so sharply to self-care. When you're on the phone to the person who wants more from you than you can give, the assumption is there's only two options altruism or selfishness. But that's not what the Apostle Paul gives us in today's text, and it's not what Jesus ever gave us. Before we get to Paul, let's talk about Jesus and what Jesus talks about. Jesus not once, not ever talks about altruism, making faith just about endlessly giving of ourselves, nor does Jesus ever talk about self-care. But Jesus does talk about self-love. Some of Jesus' disciples ask him which commandment in the law is the greatest. We've read the scripture a million times. You know this one. And he replies, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it, he says. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let's for one second isolate each one of those key words. God, neighbor, self, love. Let's start with God. Jesus says, love the Lord your God. Every, every word counts. Love the Lord your God. This, this isn't a distant, abstract God who sets the universe in motion and then, then took a long lunch break. This is the Lord. That, that's the God whose name was so holy that they couldn't say it out loud, whose face was so wondrous they couldn't look upon it whose heart was so passionate they, they wrote book after book after book about, about his constancy in the face of Israel's faltering response. And, and this Lord is your God. The whole gospel is, is in that, that little word, your. Your God means the God who shaped, shaped his whole life to be in relationship with you, not just in the good times, but, but when it's all shocking and when it's all embarrassing and humiliating and sad too. And when you don't feel like, like you know where it hurts even. And when your needs your needs are too great to express before God and when, or before others. And you're, and you're stuck in this endless cycle of asking, where do we go from here? Jesus doesn't talk about God he talks about the Lord your God and then that brings us to the word neighbor when when elsewhere Jesus is asked that famous question who's your neighbor we immediately sense the panic in us that the command to love is simply an invitation to be overwhelmed to forsake our self-care for for care for, for the care of others, for other care. And we think it's being stuck in this endless string of phone calls of emotional exhaustion and guilt. Or well, we're not sure if the neighbor means, you know, regular people we encounter or our friends or our family or the poor or our enemy or the whole wide world. It sounds like a recipe for manic burnout, doesn't it? And so the political right talks about responsibility for individual neighbors, but that sounds like shorthand for lowering taxes. And, and, the, and the political left talks as if it's loving your neighbor, if, if something, you, as something that you can just arrange for the government to do on your behalf, right? The trouble is be, because we're, we're unclear about these words of God and neighbor, we have no idea what to say about ourselves. And so, to use academic jargon, you could say the project of modernity is to create a free standing self that doesn't need God and doesn't need neighbor, resulting in this never ending emphasis and lifting up of self care. And how's that project going? Really, I wonder. Well, despite airport bookshops crammed with self-help manuals and limitless advice on what diet and activities will benefit your toddler, we we don't seem to have gotten any happier, are we? We haven't stopped asking. So God, where where do I go from here? With increasing affluence, we have fewer things to blame for the confused selves that we still have. And it's all just a sign that the, the project of self-care, of creating a self that doesn't need God or neighbor, well, it is not going too well. So, so what has Christianity really to say on, that, on, on the subject of self-care? For, for Christians, God and neighbor come as, as this package deal in the figure of Jesus. Jesus shows us what God looks like, the Lord God whose life is shaped to be with us. And Jesus shows us what our neighbor looks like. And, and when Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, there, there's only one place to go to form an understanding of ourselves you can never Fully know yourself and what you need, but you can be fully known. Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. Jesus is hurt by the thoughtless things you you never knew you'd done and delighted by the unconscious gestures you never realize you'd made. Jesus understands the fear that makes you cruel and the joy that makes you generous. Jesus rejoices in the very thrill of your existence and is tender and close to you when you are curbed in on yourself, and is overjoyed in the very moment of your repentance, is exultant as you spread your wings and fly in this life. Jesus is the heart within your heart, and Jesus adores you. If none of this were true, of course, we'd just be selfish. Selfish. Selfishness says no one's looking out for me, so, so I'd better take as much as I can while I can, read all the best self-help books, listen to all the best self-discovery podcasts so that I know myself well enough when things go bad. Unfortunately, this is much of what self-care becomes. But self-love, the Jesus way, Self-love the Jesus way is something altogether different. It's, it's letting yourself be loved by Jesus and to be so energized and transformed by that love, that giving of time and giving of money and giving of affection and giving to a community and serving your neighbor and serving the church and being a part of something bigger than yourself becomes the self-care you actually crave. This is what Paul is talking about today in Acts 20. Did you hear it? Paul says, you yourselves know how I lived among you all these years from that first day in Asia, serving the Lord with humility, enduring the trials that came our way. And I, in all of that, did not shrink from doing anything helpful proclaiming the message to you and teaching you publicly from house to house as I testified to all of you, both Jews and Greeks, about the repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, as a captive to that spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem now, but I have a message for you. I have a message for you today. Here, listen in to this word. This will be the word that I leave with you. Be careful. Be careful and keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be careful and watch yourself. To shepherd the church of God that that you don't become so individually-minded, so self-care-driven, self self-care driven, because it's like wolves eating away at the sheep. Some even from your group are gonna come distorting that truth and entice you to follow them and tell you that the way The way for inner peace, the way for inner harmony, the way for grace is to focus on self, to give to self, to pour into self, to find a little more time for self. And you know yourselves. You know that I worked with my own hands for myself, but also for my companions. In all this that I have given you over these many years, and all that I have, have taught you these many years, Paul says, remember the words of Jesus Christ above all and among all. For he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Hear these words from Paul. And let's return to that article for a second sure self-care is vital the author says but but its efficacy is specific it's especially good at softening anxiety right profound distress saturating people's lives in 2020 and self-care probably protected against it however that distress was surprisingly short-lived as many studies have reported acute mental health problems peaked early in the pandemic and then quickly subsided, but that doesn't mean people are doing well, right? For many, the pandemic's long tail has replaced intense distress with this kind of languishing, this loss, this groundhog's day, leaving us always asking, where do we go from here? And though self-care soothes, it has this way of being far too individualistic in the long run. Like Paul says, me time is great. Self-care is important. This author continues, but real human flourishing is found with others gathered together for a common purpose. In fact, research has shown throughout the years that the greatest way to bolster one's sense of self and, and fulfill one's greatest needs is to show up with and for others for a common and passionate purpose in one study in fact people were randomly assigned to spend money on either themselves or someone else and then were asked how much they agreed with statements such as my life has a clear sense of purpose and over and over and over again those who spent their money and their time on others and in community and for things bigger than themselves reported feeling greater meaning greater self-worth and greater connection. Jesus talked about it. Paul talked about it. And so where do we go from here? Friends, perhaps giving and serving don't just enhance meaning in good times, but are also the salve, the balm for our languishing souls, even right now. This church is an opportunity for you to to tap into that salve to tap into that, that balm for your weary soul. Perhaps you have been convinced that the thing you need right now is to take care of yourself. I promise you that the, the guarding and participation and giving to a community like Kingstown, that is the self-care your soul is craving that is that is the soul care your spirit is craving that's what jesus always talked about and that's what jesus always wanted for you that kind of self-love that happens when others join with you in loving loving each other and loving all the world I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we, we gather virtually this last, <laughs> this last sermon of this series asking these important questions. Where are you from? What do you need? Where does it hurt? And where do we go from here? It's 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 funny this this what do you need often is answered, well, I just need some some time to myself. I just need to take care for me and mine. I just need I just need some self-care. And somehow when we when we answer like that, unfortunately, what we notice is that It never works. We're still always left asking you, God, where where do I go next? What do I do next, God? Where do I go from here? I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm suffocating. I feel lonely. I feel depressed. I feel isolated. I feel like I'm just in the grind. I feel like I'm numb. It's funny, God, that in Jesus you met people like that all the time. And you never said to them, Well, go home, put your feet up, take a day off, make sure to care for you. Every time you met somebody feeling exhaustion, exhausted, God, in Jesus you said, Come to the table. Come on, join us over here. Join us in what we're doing. Bring bread. Offer thanks. Be here with us at the table. Offer your presence. Offer your prayers. Offer what you have to give. Offer your time. And in that, you will find that soul care you have been craving. Because in that, you will find Jesus. God, we want that for ourselves, and we want that for all the world. That's why we created this community, the Kingstown Communion. We pray for for this community. We pray for the growth and the vitality of this community and the work that we do here at Kingstown. And I pray for each person, God, in this congregation, wherever they may be today. I pray for them that they would feel that tug from you would know from you how they are being called to give of their time, how they're being called to give of their resources, their money, their desire to serve to this church that is ours. And God, I pray for the where do we go from here for Kingstown? Where do we go from here, this upcoming year, God, do we move into a more weekly rhythm of worship? Where do we go from here, God, this upcoming year do we hire a children's director uh, that can that can lead children during during our services? Where do we go from here, God? We are in this kind of middle stage this 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 waiting period. thank God Advents on the way. we ask this question, God, and I ask that 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 question would be answered in community that each person here today would be asking where does this church go from here and how might I be a part of that tug at our hearts God so that we might give everything to you so that we might come to your table ready to have our souls ourselves renewed by by the grace that is found in community around a common purpose We join now in a common prayer around a common purpose, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We join in that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. We thank you for the ways that you are considering giving to our church. Um, This is the month of November is our time of making commitments um, in the life of this church for 2022. It matters that you give financially and it matters that you give of your time. Um, We will not be able to move into a weekly rhythm of worship in any way, at any time, if we don't increase our giving in 2022 um, to 170,000, which is only 10,000 more from the previous year, but that would allow us to rent Hayfield more often. And if we don't increase our, our number of volunteers making that happen on a Sunday, um, it's, it takes 10 people every Sunday, eight to 10 people setting up at 8.30 to make this happen. And it's a gift and it's a calling for all of us let us none of us just sit by and receive without giving towards it if you would like to give and you're feeling called to give today or any time within this month of november you'd like to make a commitment you can do that at kingstowncommunion.net/pledge tear down the walls tear down the walls tear table